This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 11, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. When the Justice Department suspended so-called equitable sharing in their civil asset forfeiture program, they did so for all the wrong reasons. So says Adam Bates, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. He explains why civil asset forfeiture needs to go entirely. It was about a year ago when Eric Holder, uh, shortly before uh, leaving the uh, attorney general post, issued a statement saying, we are no longer going to engage in adoptions, which is a specific procedure of civil asset forfeiture. When And he left office. It turns out that that probably will affect very few forfeitures. Loretta Lynch becomes a new attorney general. And when she was quizzed about asset forfeiture, she drew essentially no distinction between criminal asset forfeiture and civil asset forfeiture. She said it was a great tool, a wonderful tool. But now the DOJ has said uh, they will be, in their words, deferring for the time being any equitable sharing payments from the uh, federal civil asset forfeiture program. So what does that mean? Uh, that means uh, that <laughs> for the time being, uh, the DOJ is is uh, suspending, or they will not be giving uh, the up to eighty percent uh, returns on state and local law enforcement uh, contributions to the to the federal uh, equitable sharing fund. State and local, uh, or should say, mostly local police agencies in. Uh, essentially bring in the feds at some point to actually execute a seizure and then get a kickback of up to 80% of those funds, as you mentioned. Right. Uh, as opposed to the the adoptive seizures that you mentioned, uh, the the alternate route and the much more common route for the, uh, the use of the equitable sharing program is through what are called uh, joint task forces, which is uh, uh, cooperation between local law enforcement and uh, the DEA or some federal law enforcement agency, uh, and then going through that way through the through the joint task force route. Which uh, and of course the joint task force uh, method of equitable sharing was was untouched by the holder reforms. Now, this is from uh, the statement issued by the Department of Justice. Uh, the department does not take this step lightly. We explored every conceivable option that would have enabled us to preserve some form of meaningful, equitable sharing while continuing to operate the program and meet our other fiscal obligations. Unfortunately, the combined effect of two reductions totaling $1.2 billion in their, in their uh, DOJ's budget made that impossible. So it doesn't seem like this is a principled stand on the issue of asset forfeiture. Uh, right. The the DOJ statement uh, makes clear several times that they still believe, uh, Attorney General Lynch and the Obama administration still believe uh, that, that civil asset forfeiture is a wonderful tool uh, for law enforcement, uh, and they are not happy uh, ostensibly about about having to to make this move, uh, they're, they're citing budget restraints and and the actions of Congress, but they're they're very explicit that they fully intend for for this program to make a return as soon as possible. Our friends at the Institute for Justice, who've done a lot of uh, legwork gathering uh, data and and publishing that data about uh, asset forfeiture, said that this has been essentially uh, an indefinite change. But from reading the release from DOJ. It makes it seem as if it's possible that the funds that have been seized and uh, the money that DOJ has been keeping may eventually be dispersed to those same uh, law enforcement agencies 
uh, in states. Uh, right. The the statement from the DOJ is very clear about that, that uh, this is, in their view, a temporary step. Uh, and obviously, this is not, uh, it hasn't been abolished by Congress. This is not a law. This is a, an internal determination by the Department of Justice uh, to take this step. And they could reverse it, uh, whether they reverse it after pressure from law enforcement or they reverse it after uh, getting a bigger budget appropriation. But uh, indefinite is, is appropriate, I think. Uh, it, it has no defined term. But yeah, this is not an, an abolition. This is not the end of the federal equitable sharing program. There's clearly a recognition at DOJ, and we've talked about this before, that there is a public relations problem. Uh, and that, that public relations problem has been stoked uh, in large part by folks here at the Cato Institute, by the Institute for Justice, by the Heritage Foundation, among others that have said, look, this is this is wholly inappropriate. So at least they recognize that there's this terrible uh, PR disaster that uh, continues to unfold. But at least now, temporarily, there's a, an end to state, uh, state and local agencies seizing for the explicit purpose of using this federal program. Uh, right. And, and, and yeah, and it should be said, this is a good step. This is a good thing. Uh, it removes uh, the incentive for state and local law enforcement uh, to police for profit insofar as uh, state and local law enforcement were using uh, federal civil forfeiture laws to either uh, get around more restrictive state laws or to do forfeitures in states that, that do not have civil forfeiture. So th this is a good step and should reduce the perverse incentives that uh, the federal forfeiture program provides. Uh, it's just not the, the end of the game. We should note the reason that states would want to involve the federal government in any, any given uh, seizure, which you alluded to, is that state governments either say, we don't, we don't do this sort of thing, uh, like New Mexico recently abolished its civil asset forfeiture program, or all the money you guys seize, yeah, that goes into the general treasury fund, and then we'll decide how much of it you get. This equitable sharing allows uh, local agencies to circumvent that almost entirely. Right. And, and uh, many jurisdictions, uh, even that, as you mentioned, that even jurisdictions that have civil asset forfeiture, uh, they don't all return uh, the 80% that the federal equitable sharing program gives back to law enforcement. Some jurisdictions, it may be 50%. Some jurisdictions, all the money may go to the general revenue fund or the education fund. And the equitable sharing program was a way for law enforcement agencies to circumvent uh, the, the rules that their own state governments had set up. What has been the response from law enforcement? Uh, it has been <laughs> apoplectic, I believe, uh, is is the term. Uh, that uh, well, I should say that the the rhetoric uh, around civil asset forfeiture has been uh, white hot. Uh, for several months now. I know uh, out in Oklahoma where there's a forfeiture bill that it was rebranded the or, uh, Organized Crime Protection Act and said that it would uh, allow ISIS to take over uh, the state of Oklahoma. So the, the rhetoric from law enforcement and prosecutors has been uh, superheated for some time now. But uh, but yeah, the, the response to this move has has been called, uh, has called this simply unconscionable that the federal government would stop participating in this program. Uh, uh, of course, the the typical uh, citations to, to terrorism, uh, that this will make it impossible for law enforcement to, to protect against terrorists and to prosecute the drug war. Uh, it's the, the typical response when, when law enforcement funds 
uh, come under threat. But at this point, uh, those those kind of uh, references to terrorism and and drug cartels that's really the only justification left. Those are the only arguments left. Because as you said, when you explain to people what civil forfeiture is, uh, there's really not a lot of public support for this. There's increasingly little uh, legislative support for this. It really is the police and prosecutors trying to protect uh, a system that is has generated billions of dollars over the years for, for law enforcement. How much does this generate for law enforcement? Well, at the, at the federal level, uh, it's estimated that... Uh, that every year there are about $4.6 billion uh, worth of deposits into the forfeiture, uh, into the DOJ's forfeiture fund. How they're dispersed out, uh, it's, it's unclear how, how much on average, but usually somewhere around 650 to $700 million a year uh, is returned to, to state and local law enforcement. Adam Bates is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this and other podcasts at our website and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.